there is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hey guys, welcome back to our next Fireside Chat. I'm Tyler Cole, the host of Net Zero Carbon, and I'm joined right now by John McCaw, Vice President of Sustainability Solutions at Breakthrough. John, how are you? Doing great, Tyler. Thank you, and thanks for the opportunity to, to connect on this important topic. Very glad to have you on the program. I've been a fan of Breakthrough for a long time, uh, but back when I was working in the industry, it was 15 years ago, I just knew about the fuel recovery program. Maybe you can provide just a brief overview about everything Breakthrough offers now and your role in the organization. Sure. So uh, we have expanded, expanded beyond um, you know our start, which was in the in the fuel recovery program. Um, you know we're providing solutions um, around our network intelligence product, uh, which includes some some uh, optimization on the freight side, um, and then we've expanded uh, with our clean mile product uh, to deliver sustainability solutions uh, for our shipper clients as well. Excellent. And in your role, I'm sure you're keenly engaged in a lot of those conversations with customers, which is exactly what our audience wants to hear about today. So let's start with this. Let's start um, maybe a little bit of a, not necessarily a history lesson, but it feels different today what shippers are looking for when it comes to sustainability solutions. It used to just be only cost uh, and emissions would be a nice to have. Now that feels like it's flipping or at least equalizing. Can you take us through a little bit of customer engagement, kind of the development of some of those trends that Breakthrough is seeing customers are asking for? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, look, historically, the decisions around transportation has come from cost, capacity, and service. Um, you know, recently and increasingly over time, uh, we're seeing more and more of our shippers really factor in um, their emissions of a, of a movement uh, into every one of those decisions. So in that, that you know, um, it's happening on a macro basis. It's happening at different levels uh, with different shippers, um, but a very consistent trend with our shipper clients. Um, that sustainability is impacting how they're making their, their decisions moving forward. Are you seeing customers, uh, and sorry, you can start throwing out examples as you come across them, we'll talk through them. But, um, you know, we talk all the time on the show and uh, listeners have heard others in the fireside chats talk about the importance of getting the data right having a good baseline, understanding your footprint so that you can make some of these decisions and really operationalizing some of that data you just mentioned around load level, skew level uh, emissions that are going on in your network. What are you seeing on the data side with customers where Breakthrough comes through and helps them? Yeah, so you know that, that really is the, the most important uh, first step in the process, right? Um, load level emissions tracking. And we're, you know, because of our relationship with um, our shipper clients, we already see uh, the vast majority of their uh, movements, right? It's already flowing through our system as part of our fuel recovery program. Uh, because we have that visibility into their existing uh, transportation movements, we could then, you know, really understand where their emissions hotspots are, um, understand and, and map out, um, you know, their entire network and, and what the emissions uh, intensity is across different lanes, across different uh uh, movements and because we have that extremely granular level of data, we can then get into very specific prescriptions on how we can help uh, create a plan. So you know, depending on what the shipper's goals are, uh, we can then you know 
develop a plan working in partnership with shippers and carriers uh, to, you know, come up with ways to um, reduce those emissions. And there's a variety of ways to uh, to do that, um, you know, many of which don't come at an on cost, right? So I think one of the, the common misconceptions that we run into is uh, if I'm going to do anything with sustainability, uh, it's going to be an increase in cost. And that's just not not the case. There's a lot of things that, that can be done um, to reduce emissions without increasing costs. Um, and so we're helping our clients uh, identify those things and, and plan their long-term roadmap as well, right? So here's what we can do in the immediate uh, time frame. Here's a longer-term roadmap of uh, where we think things are going. Exciting. And we'll get to some of those specific solution sets here in a minute. And I do want to talk about the carrier side of the fence as well. But before we get there, just shout out to you guys. I know um, it's not too recent, but uh, accreditation through the GLEC certification as an approved tool for benchmarking emissions. Excellent job. Love seeing that. Can you talk a little bit about that partnership and that, how valuable that is to shippers? Yeah, I, you know, we think it's uh, we think it's incredibly valuable. Um, what the GLEC framework does is it creates um, sort of a normalized uh, approach to tracking emissions in supply chains. So the organization, the Smart Freight Center organization, um, and the GLEC uh, team specifically have done an excellent job in uh, really creating the foundation that the industry can build upon. Um, so our Clean Mile product is a GLEC accredited tool. Um, and we just, you know, we think shippers and carriers, frankly, are smart to adopt the GLEC framework as a as a part of how they, uh, they view emissions tracking moving forward. Super important to normalize and just make available that data, be able to access it and exchange it freely. Um, definitely encourage people who are using it to, to get on board because it makes life a lot easier. Talk about the the data one more time for me. So if we're getting network move level data, are we getting primary data from carriers or are we still using averages based on either region or fuel type or lane distance activity data? Um, talk to me a little bit about the granularity. So, you know, primary data is the is the end goal, right? So we, we believe very strongly that um, getting access and, and sharing um, that primary data is a fundamental part of the future. Um, today, you know, the industry is not there yet, right? So we are um, we are modeling um, energy consumption, um, you know, at the at the load level based off of equipment type and and all all the variables that factor into um, energy consumption as part of a, a freight move. Super helpful and encouraging, and ties back to what you said earlier, which is. Um, you know, everybody wants to be net zero tomorrow, um, and everybody thinks that's going to cost an arm and a leg, but perfect can't be the enemy of good here. So we do have good consistent data that we will use, and we do have tools that don't cost an arm and a leg today that we can continue to promote. So talk to me a little bit about maybe even some examples for customers that are implementing different, uh, emission reduction activities. Yeah. So, um, great question. You know, we've got, uh, a number of clients that are doing just incredible things when it comes to managing their emissions, and and we're we're blessed uh, to have some real trailblazers and leaders in this space. Um, you know, one example we've got a, a food shipper client who recently uh, implemented uh, a, ch- a policy change. Right, so they used to um, make decisions on over the road versus intermodal uh, based off of a a fifteen percent reduction in cost. In other words, if they could, uh, if they could uh, move the freight 
via intermodal and save 15% or more on costs, they would make that change. Um, what they've done is they shifted that lever down and they've said, well, now if it's, if it's cost neutral um, or better, we'll, we'll make that change. And they made that change because, you know, converting intermodal can have a significant impact on emissions reduction on a freight loop, right? So that's, that's one example of just a, uh, just an internal policy change uh, that a shipper has made um, to uh, to reduce emissions. Another example, um, you know, got a CPG client who is out and and they're proactive uh, with working with their their carrier partners on um, piloting and testing uh, alternative energy equipment. They've got uh, hydrogen tests coming out later this year. They've got uh, EV tests in market right now. Um, so they're they're out there. They're creating these pilot programs. They're building the basic understanding of new technologies with their carrier partners. In the interim, they're embracing renewable diesel and renewable natural gas as uh, excellent ways in parts of their network, uh, in specific areas and specific geographies, um, to you know manage their emissions uh, right now. Right, and so yeah. You know, it's there, there's just so many different ways and so many different tools um, that shippers have today to um, to to manage emissions and do it cost effectively, uh, and that's what we're helping our shippers identify. What are those opportunities and how? What what's the impact from from making some of those changes? Yeah, having that visibility into not only modal shifts but which regions, which carriers operate, which types of fuels are available, is super valuable because the research in many cases has already been done. It's about finding the right partners who know what's in market and can actually help you deliver it. So I'm glad you called that out. And, and you call out something else interesting there around intermodal shift and that 15%. And when I hear stuff like that, I hear that's a seemingly really arbitrary number to determine when we'll go through the effort to make that shift. Because it's not, you know, it's not just flip a switch. Sometimes you've got to do some work on the operational side to make sure you can handle that. Um, but you're also adding time in most cases by going intermodal. So it's really interesting to hear the value of the emissions rising to a point where if we're cost neutral in some cases, we're getting enough pressure where we just got to do it. So we'll figure out the service, we'll figure out the operational piece. Um, that's encouraging, but also super interesting change in the market. It is, it is. And we're going to see more of that uh, going forward. You know, uh, a lot of our shipper clients are are in active conversations with their customers on changing um, buying mechanics and changing buying behavior um, to factor in emissions uh, reduction opportunities as part of as part of those fundamental customer relationships, right? So it's you know emissions is really starting to impact how companies do business. Yeah, really, really interesting. I'm curious. We talk a lot about network design. We talk a lot about working collaboratively with your suppliers and your fleets. A lot of those require consistent heavy lanes of volume, right? You've got to have a certain amount of volume to justify some of these expenses that you're going out to decarbonize. Um, there's other lanes that we don't expect to decarbonize soon that are spot lanes, light volume, things where you, they're too long for EV. There's no renewable fuel available. Um, when customers think about both of those type of scenarios, consistent lanes versus maybe more spot. How do you help them create a, a long-term plan for kind of the whole network, right? Because it, it does take all of it to bring the average emission down. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that is the advantage of having that very granular data set. It's also the advantage of having, um, you know, north of 150 large shippers on our platform, right? So we actually 
you know, we can get some benefit from, um, from scale and, you know, just macro, uh, volume there. So, you know, we really do look at everything on a lane by lane basis, right? So that load by load tracking and measurement flows up to a lane by lane basis, not only for a shipper, but what if we expand it to multiple shippers on, um, a given lane, right? So, um, we're doing a lot of that optimization modeling, helping our carrier partners then identify um, what some of those opportunities are when they have alternative energy equipment. How do we make sure that we're driving as much utilization as possible from those investments, right? Um, so some of our carrier partners have been unbelievable uh, and very progressive in how they're thinking about, um, you know, helping to move the industry forward, right? So we, we always uh, talk about the fact that it, it's going to take industry collaboration um to drive this change forward and that's a that's a fundamental part about how we think about our role uh in the ecosystem as well bringing people together leveraging uh our platform in that way i'm glad you mentioned carriers there too because obviously now this happens the shippers can want all they want but if the carriers right. aren't willing to go invest sorry guys talk to me about how you guys work with with the carriers and is there a a maybe a, a typical kind of first mover fleet profile. I imagine it's it's larger fleets that are well capitalized yeah. in the most part that can invest in new technologies. But just talk to me about that relationship with carriers and how you bring them in the conversation. So we, we've done a bunch of different things for with uh, with carrier partners, um, so some total cost ownership um, analysis to help them understand, um, you know, if they're looking at CNG uh, equipment, right? So if, you know, new Cummins engine, uh, does this make sense for us to invest? So we're we're helping them understand uh, sort of those impacts and how do they model out, you know, um, that decision, right? Um, we're also helping them, you know, connect the dots with with uh, you know um, freight movements on shippers, uh, you know, on a spot basis. Uh, maybe it's it's dedicated uh, where we can find a partner um, to create some leverage on a backhaul, et cetera. So there's a bunch of different ways where we can help uh, connect those dots. And and like it just said, you know, really maximizing the utility um, from the equipment, right? And, you know, the other key point is, you know, we've learned a lot about alternative energy equipment and we, we're going to continue to learn more over time. Um, but making sure that carriers understand maintenance and, and all the various uh, um ramifications how to manage an alternative energy fleet uh using best practices and and with uh with partners who can help execute super good that brings me to another question though going back to the the legacy of breakthrough around the fuel recovery program and we talk about alternative energies how are shippers thinking about managing surcharges for alternative energies especially when we get to a point where no one knows what a kilowatt hour converts to in a per mile rate is that conversation happening yeah, conversation uh, is starting to happen. I mean, you know, when you talk about electric, it gets really interesting because, you know, it may be the shipper's own facility that has solar uh, installation that is, you know, ultimately the source of the energy, right? So uh, doing those conversions, um, when it comes to alternative energy, you know, it gets really interesting. And, and you know, one of the things that we think you know, our platform does moving forward. Um, we're going to be able to measure energy um, effectively in a fair way between um, carrier and shipper. Alternative energy types have different 
carbon intensity factors. So incorporating all that nuance, incorporating the difference in uh, electric from a solar source versus, um, you know, uh, other types of energy sources with a different uh, carbon intensity profile. Um, it's all incredibly important, right? So, you know, when you do things at a, the most granular basis, right, you're going to get the most value out of those investments uh, and the, the best understanding of how to how to manage your emissions uh, reduction programs moving forward. Um, but you're exactly right. It, it creates a lot of complications. Well, you guys are well suited, though, to be able to handle a lot of those questions just with your ownership at U.S. Venture and a lot of the energy profile that that company has in different different business units that it operates. So, you know, it's a great setup for you guys to be able to come in and help a customer start to map that journey, really understand the differences because many fleets can offer that at the scale y'all do. Um, and it's just a great intelligence platform. So you know, kudos to you and the team for putting that together. We uh, we feel very fortunate to have uh, our partnership with our uh, sister companies under the U.S. Venture family. Um, our clients, uh, we've got, you know, shippers that are incredibly progressive. We, we've got carrier partners who um, are, you know, seeking out ways that they can help move the industry forward. Um, so, you know, we feel like we have a chance to play uh, a role, uh, help lead the, le- lead the energy transition. Um, and we're blessed to have uh, uh, a team of partners that, uh, that we're working with to make that happen. Thanks, John. I really appreciate that perspective. Um, we're about to hand it over to the host and run out of time, but I want you to give us a takeaway for the listeners, maybe from a shipper perspective and a carrier perspective. And I'll, I'll uh, front run you a little bit and say, we can't say measure because that's, that's table stakes now. Everybody should be out there measuring their emissions and reporting them. What would you encourage a shipper who's not really started their decarbonization journey and a carrier in the same way? You, you said it. You said it in the question. It's get started. Um, it is time to uh, start taking action. Um, there are opportunities uh, to, to um, not only understand your emissions, but um, start making emissions reduction. Uh, right now, we could do it, um, you know, and, and oftentimes save uh, costs as well. Um, so, uh, you know, I do think now is the time. And I, it, we're seeing a, a, an accelerated rate of change um, when it comes to um shippers and carriers um, starting to, you know, explore emissions reduction opportunities. We're excited about the future. Let's go. So are we. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your insight and customer stories with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, FreightWaves. Take care. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.